like to welcome everyone this morning and give an opportunity before we begin our services for greetings or announcements. Thank you. Please extend greetings back when you return. Thank you. The Lord be with you and welcome back. Brother, yeah. Thank you. Please extend greetings. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Nada. Please extend greetings to her. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Please extend greetings back. My family and I have been away for three, three Sundays, so it's, it's very nice to be back. We were in Syracuse, New York last weekend, and the brethren there extend greetings. We were in, in Strasbourg the weekend before, and the brethren there extend greetings, and the weekend before that, I believe we were in Avon Road, Kitchener, and the brethren extend greetings as well. Thank you. Um, just on a, on a note, Brother Eckhart extended greetings from Brother Istvan Schock, and uh, I also spoke with him this uh, past week, and he wanted me to extend hearty thanks to the congregation for their love and care for him that called him, that visited him. He really feels the, uh, the love of the brotherhood and he just wanted me to convey that to the church. So greetings from Brother Istvan and many thanks. Please extend greetings to those who you meet during the week, speak to that uh, aren't able to come to church. So we have a few announcements this morning. The focus of the month is the um, semen church project in Serbia, Semen, Semun, okay, Semun project, church project in Serbia. Uh, it's, it's lengthy, and I think what we'll do is, I believe this is going to be posted downstairs in the bulletin board, so people can read this, but I think in short, uh, this, this is, if I'm not mistaken, is this the hospital? No, it's not, so we're, we moved on beyond the hospital. Brother Zoran. So this is this is different than than the the work on the hospital. Okay, thank you. Just a, a little anecdote here. Those that don't know the Zemun Church, Brother Steve Nanadov was from Zemun, and uh, they have a, a minister there. His name is uh, Brother Jarko Bosniakovic, and those that know him or heard about him, he was. I think he converted later on in life, but um, he's a professor of linguistics at the Belgrade University. Is that correct, Brother Zorn? Novi Sad University. 
and uh, he's made a lot of uh, progressive moves there. And we let's pray for the church as well for their spiritual growth. I believe in the first year, um, the the attendance went up from 22 to 110, or the first three years, from 22 to, to 110. Uh, but let's pray for them anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Lord willing, there'll be a members meeting immediately after second service today, so just reminded to please stay behind. The area thing for tonight at 7 p.m., I believe, is, on, is in Avon Road, so 7 p.m., the area thing tonight. And we're reminded to pray for Brother Richard. Um, he's going for, I believe he's, either he's gone or going through further testing, and uh, anyone has any further updates on that uh, please let us know let's uh let's invite the lord in prayer our gracious father in heaven we thank thee as we have this wonderful privilege to be have to have a time off from our busy schedules in this country that we can not have to worry about being at work or in any other occupation that would take time away, Father, from the time that we have to worship together as believers. This is an incredible privilege and one that comes with a blessing. And so, Father, we, we come now and we approach thy throne of grace in anticipation that thou will bless us from above, that thou will be able to provide for us words that are true, living words, words that are able to change us, each of us, be able to speak to us in whatever state of life we're in, and more importantly, Father, we pray that thy word would be able to reveal to us who we are in thy sight, because we need to see ourselves in the right perspective. And so, Father, we ask, may thy word go unhindered, may it return unto thee, fulfilling its intent. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
The word is open to the 11th chapter in the book of Hebrews, and with the Lord's help, I would like to remain there. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah received herself, herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they have been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might, may have, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly, whereof God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, for whence also he received him in a figure. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he had died, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel, and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, 
when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that had destroyed he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians assayed to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, walks valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the alien. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in desert and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Receive not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, the day without us should not be made perfect. Let's all bow before the Lord in prayer. Loving Father in heaven, we come before thy throne of grace this morning hour. We thank thee for the quiet time that we do have this morning to lay aside all our earthly work and cares and to sit at thy feet for learning. Father in heaven, what is all this life here on earth without thee but a deserted banquet hall? And we look to your word of life, for it is powerful and quicker than any two and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between joints and marrow, between soul and spirit, able to penetrate our hearts and reveal what lies therein. Your word tells us that the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? And Father, we pray that your word will go forth this morning and cut and, and uh, reveal to us and instruct us and teach us and bring us to that place where we can be made right with you. 
Father, we thank you for all your mercies and benefits in these past days. We thank you for the food and the drink and the clothing. But we most of all thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life a sacrifice upon the cross for our sin, who shed his precious blood that flowed from his brow, from his hands, his feet and his pierced side, so that all that call upon his name and look upon him can be forgiven of their sin can have eternal life, as your word tells us. Father, we're thankful for all that could be here and we're mindful for the many that are not. We pray for your blessing upon them, for those that are sh uh, sick and shut in, for those that are going through diverse dis uh, diseases and trials in life. You are able to comfort them, to strengthen them. We have already mentioned this morning, Brother Istvan Skok and Brother Richard Roberts, who are going through their trials of illness, Father, we pray that Thou would continue to work in them and give them healing, and that Thou would uh, bring them back soon to our fellowship and congregation. Father, we're mindful also for Sister Olga Urdog, who is uh, struggling with the disease of leukemia. Father, we pray that You'd give her healing and strength from above that you'd bless her and keep her and comfort her and know, and that she may know that she's in your hands and that it is the best place to be. Father, we pray for um, Sister Gabi, back at you who has uh, suffered a heart attack. We pray that thou would continue to give her healing and strength and recovery. For Sister Monica in our midst, for her daughter Emily, that you would give her grace and strength from above and give her healing Father, we pray for the aged, the, those that are entering the, the sunset of their lives. We pray that they would continue to bless and keep them in your care, that they would serve you in body, soul, and spirit, in, in, in spirit and in truth. Lord, we pray for Sarah Yosich, for Jennifer Saris, for, Je for uh, Vanessa Tava. We pray for all those that we haven't even mentioned that you know of, that you'd give them healing, strength, and comfort from above. Oh, Lord, you know all of our needs before we come unto you. Be with us now. We pray for your special blessing with us as we ask all of these things. Be with Brother uh, Alan as he would expound your word, give him words upon his lips to speak, and open hearts for us to receive it. For we commend this service now into your care and keeping and pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I was hesitating there in the last verse that I read in chapter 11. I wasn't sure whether I should continue. But I'd like to read a few more verses into chapter 12 as it is, it is, it is the, the natural continuation of, a verse of chapter 11. Beginning with verse 1 of chapter 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm thankful that this chapter opened to us this morning, as it's, it's a chapter that we don't always read, but we are familiar with, and one that, that we often point to when we look at examples of those in, in the Old Testament that were faithful to God, who were, the, the word faith isn't used very often in the Old Testament, faithfulness is used. Um, these were examples of those who were faithful in their trust in God and in their obedience to God and belief that God would fulfill his very promises in their lives. But we see here that the lives of the ones that are written in the chapter 11, they all varied. They all had different experiences. Not all of them experienced uh, tremendous um, victories, conquering over doubt and fear and being able to uh, be an example of those who wait upon God and are able to fulfill tremendous things in their lives. There were those who God did not give them that role. That was not the example for them and that was not what, what God intended. But nonetheless, both cases required a tremendous amount of trust. It appeared that way, that they required a tremendous amount of trust and and believe that God would be faithful regardless of what they saw. The Bible tells us here that, that faith is the, the substance of things hoped for. It is the thing that gives you and I the assurance. We hope for things, and that hope gives us an assurance. And that in itself is what faith represents. It is also the evidence of things not seen. The, if we were to see evidence, we would no longer need faith. But we believe as if we saw the evidence. We have the same effect in our lives as if we see the evidence of God. But without that evidence, we behave and act as if we see it. So the evidence of things not seen is the same as the conviction of things not seen. You and I or anyone who claims to be a Christian, has the conviction that what God said is true. And that conviction produces an effect. Last weekend I was in, in Syracuse, New York, and we had, a, we had a chapter that reminded me of something that Brother Doug would relate to um, when we talk about cause and effect and what we talk about in, in, in the industry, I mean, as, a, as an initiating event that leads to a sequence of other events. And it occurred to, it occurred to me after I, I had spoken from the chapter that faith is, in fact, an initiating event in our lives. It is the most important initiating event. And what I mean by initiating event is that it has a consequence, you can't have faith, real faith, and have no change in your life. It can have, it, you cannot have real faith and it, and it have or be inconsequential to you. But just the opposite is true. Faith 
has a consequence in your life, it initiates a whole series of events in your life that reflect what God is doing in you. And some of those events are, well, many of those events, God designs in, in places in our path. None of us choose where we're born. I didn't choose the family I was born in. I didn't choose the parents. I didn't choose to be born in South America. I didn't choose to come to Canada in 1973. I didn't choose these things. I didn't choose to have the, um, the, my genetic makeup. I didn't choose to have the, 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 the disposition as a personality that I have. I didn't choose these things. I happen to have them. That is the, that is the, the reality that I'm in. And as Christians, we, we understand that God sees that big picture. And while there are a lot of things in your life and my life that we would say, well, that wasn't my choice, and, and I may have been handed a, a, the, a, a bad set of cards, and, I, and I, that's a very, it's a very cheap way of explaining it, but we may not be happy with the circumstances that we find ourselves in, or we may not be happy with, with who we are. But God sees, God sees the real picture, and we are very finite, and God is infinite. And so what we cannot see and what we cannot understand uh, doesn't mean that uh, God doesn't understand, or God doesn't see, or God is not, not capable or able to fulfill and do what's right in our lives. So we find ourselves in whatever situation we're in, um, not of our choice, but we have a choice going forward. And every one of us, we reach a certain age in our, in our life where, by God's grace, the light of the truth of God and his existence shines upon our hearts and mind. All of a sudden, we are illuminated. Our, we have an understanding of God's existence. Or we are made, to, to, we are, we are made aware that the possibility exists that God, that God exists, and that if God exists, that he has a will for us, and if he has a will for us, where could we find that will? And we believe that that will is found in the written word. At that point, you and I have a choice, and the choice is very simple. We believe, we, we completely, explicitly Believe God and what he claims to be at face value, and that creates an impact on our lives. It changes who we are. All of a sudden, we see a dimension that the world does not see. We see a spiritual dimension. We see that fifth dimension in life that gives us a perspective that the world does not see. All of a sudden, we realize that we are not temporal, but we are eternal. All of a sudden, we realize that we are spiritual and not just physical. And that has an impact on our lives because the choices we make going forward with that understanding have eternal consequences. They have eternal consequences. Now, what we've read here gives us an example that those who believe in God are looking for something to come. They're... They have, they have, it says here, they have embraced God and they do not believe the way the world believes. They don't see this world 
from the from the perspective of the world, but they see this world as a temporary, transitory time that you and I have in this life. And there are various things we do in this life. Some people look for a building uh, uh, whose foundation is is made by God for a city that that is heavenly, and we know that that gives us a very different perspective. That we know that that the things of this world are of no lasting value, and so we should not put our hearts there. We should put our affections, our, our devotion, and, and our desires on those things that are long-lasting, that are, that are of benefit. But more specifically, and, and these people lived out their faith, but more specifically, with, with the advent of Jesus Christ, we know that we are instructed as believers to fulfill the will of God and to further his kingdom. So while we're here in this transitory state, living in a world that is not ours, uh, living in homes and houses and driving uh, vehicles that are going to perish and that should have no affection or attachment to us, they're just temporary dwellings. They're just temporary means for us to fulfill a greater purpose and a greater, a greater goal than what we would normally see with our physical and natural understanding. And so, in this transitory state, some of us are going to experience difficulties. We're going to undergo issues in our lives where we, we are amazed why God, who is capable of doing so much, because we have walked with him already, we have found him to be faithful, and we have proven him to be faithful. And, and from time to time, God reassures us when we are down or discouraged that he is faithful, that he is in fact very near us. And he, he showers upon us um, evidence. And I was going to say blessings, but blessings are not always what we would, we would define as something good. There are things that we, we appear to us to be bad, but in fact they are blessings from God. From time to time, God reassures us that he is there and that he is going to fulfill his will in our lives as he had told us from the beginning. But there are times when we go through periods in our lives where we really want God to answer our prayers. We really don't understand why God, who is able to do so much, doesn't do this thing for us. Why he, who, it is a small thing for him to be able to deal with whatever is in front of us that we perceive to be a hindrance or an obstacle or a, a negative impact on our lives. And we wonder why God doesn't just remove it. Why God doesn't provide a way around it. Why God doesn't just deal with it. And sometimes God feels distant at those moments. Sometimes, and, and that's exactly the enemy of our soul. His, my belief is that his most effective weapon is discouragement. It's when we cannot see God, and yet we want to see him. When we want to have the conviction that, that the evidence is before our eyes, and therefore, we behave as if the evidence is before our eyes, but we cannot see the evidence. 
and we struggle with maintaining the conviction of God's reality in our lives. And it seems that God is distant. It seems that he doesn't hear our prayers. And it's in those very moments when we look at these examples here. I mean, these examples are there for us to remember that that these people were no, no more capable than any of us. They were surrounded, the Bible talks about, uh, encompassed about with their own infirmities. And the word infirmities means weaknesses. And every one of us, if, if you would give me the, the privilege to, to look inside your heart and, and, and follow you in your life, and examine you and observe you, how you react at home, how you behave at home, how you behave at work, how you behave in, all your, in, in every moment of your life and be able to, to diagnose or at least draw a conclusion about your faith, we would find that there are moments of weaknesses in every one of us. And sometimes there, there are, as strong as we think we are or we may appear to be, especially on Sunday... The truth is that there are times when we doubt. We doubt God's existence because God doesn't seem to be moving in our lives. He doesn't seem to be, he doesn't seem to be evident in our lives. But those are the moments when God, in fact, is very near. In fact, he is so near in those moments. And what he wants of us, as we, as we look here, these all died in faith, not having received the promise, having seen them afar off, and were persuaded them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They embraced them. God is asking us, and this is what, what makes faith an incredible experience, is that God is asking us to go that one step further and embrace his will and, and believe his will in our lives, what we see currently happening in our lives, as his perfect will, as, his, as the best thing for us. And that is very difficult at times. Because sometimes it doesn't even seem rational what God is allowing to happen. But if we embrace him and we're able to take a step forward and believe, then that's when... Our faith is really real. Our faith is not as real, and, I, and I'm not belittling in any way, but it's great. We can be encouraged. We can be edified. We can be uplifted during times of communion and fellowship as we have. We can sing from our hymnal, and we can relate to those songs, and we can feel that oneness. We, can, we, we are edified by the words that we sing. But the greatest growth in faith occurs when God asks you and me to take a step forward in the state that we're in when things are so hard in our lives. And yet he wants us to take that step forward and he wants us to do it joyfully, cheerfully, trusting him, almost as if we had a a spring in our step because we are proclaiming by doing so that God 
that God knows exactly what he's doing and that his will is the best for me. And when the world can see that, when the world can see that witness in us, it has a tremendous impact. We need to spend time together as believers because we need to be encouraged one to the other. We need to share the experiences that we go through. I said earlier that perhaps the most effective tool that Satan has is to discourage, and he uses discouragement all over the world. And it doesn't take long to find ourselves discouraged. In fact, it doesn't take long to, to question. When I think of John the Baptist, when he was in prison, and he, and he sent forth his disciples to go speak to Jesus, to ask him, you know, if, if you are the one that we've been waiting for, or, or should, we, you know, should we wait for another to come? You can look at that statement in many different ways. But for me, I see that as a moment of weakness in John's life perhaps a moment when he was very down, when he, he doubted. And he was in a prison where it was not a nice prison where he was at. It was an infamous prison. And while he didn't know that sooner or later they were going to um, execute him, uh, he wondered, perhaps, of the condition that he was in and whether everything that he had believed and the preaching that had occurred in the wilderness, and the people that he had warned to turn around and, and to bring fruits, meat for repentance, whether all that, and the fact that he had witnessed that the, the, the dove come from heaven and land on Jesus Christ when he baptized Jesus, even though he saw all those things, there was a moment in his life where he questioned whether he needed to wait for another, that perhaps Jesus wasn't the one. We find moments like that in our lives. Sometimes you and I want to give up. We think, we, would, we think that what we are facing right now is too difficult for us, that we don't have, that we have exhausted, as the song says, our hoard of resources. We have, we have emptied our our own strength in dealing with our circumstances. And then we come to the conclusion erroneously that we can't go on. Not in these circumstances. And that's precisely what Satan would like us to believe. And, that's, and I wonder, God does not lead man into temptation. The Bible tells us that. And, and God does, is not tempted by sin, so he's not going to tempt any man by sin. But God allows us to be placed in a situation that the outcome can have two consequences. One, we can despair and lose faith in God and be discouraged and, and, and basically not give God the glory. Or we can choose to see beyond our circumstances and believe that God, in fact, is real, and glorify him and honor him. Thinking out loud here, and believe it's in John 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. If any man serve me. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. We read these words. We read these words, but they only have true meaning when to follow him requires you to have faith in what you cannot see. And I... I marvel that God uses this. God uses circumstances in our lives, and he does this for us today, that in order to draw our attention to him, in order for us to continue to have that focus that we need to walk in that faith. When we don't have that faith, when we rely on the physical, when we rely on only the things that we see, um, we lose perspective. God wants us to accomplish what we've read in Hebrews 11. He wants us to be more than conquerors. He wants us to be high priests. He wants us to be examples of, of the faith that comes in believing and trusting God. And it's not going to happen in good times. It never happens in good times. As I look at my own life, and I wonder if it's the same for you, you know, I, I don't in any way belittle or deny that when we have physical ailments, when, when you and I are, have a, a disease or some illness, or we have some hardship, maybe it's economic, maybe it's psychological or emotional, maybe it's a health, whatever the hardship may be, and we, we experience, we may experience literal pain, we may experience pain from the consequence of our hardships, we experience pain. That pain is real. But I believe the greater pain that we experience is when we struggle to make sense of that, and we are not able to fully surrender ourselves to God. It's when we fully surrender our circumstances to God and are able to, to trust him going forward, this, that, it's, that, it's when that pain changes. It doesn't go away, but it changes who we are. And for me, perhaps the biggest pain I may experience is, is the struggle to surrender to God's will and to say, thy will be done, not my will, thy will be done, and to be able to let go and to move forward and to trust him that what, that what lies ahead is going to further his kingdom and I just need to be in tune with him every step of the way. Every turn around the corner, every decision I make in my life, I have to be in tune with God and I have to make the right decisions. And I have to pray that his Holy Spirit, the Bible says that his Spirit is a gift to us, it indwells, 
and it shows us things to come. I often wonder about that statement, things to come. God is going to show me personally things to come, and that has to come through conviction. When I'm going through my life, and I have to make decisions, big decisions in my life that have impact not just on me, but anyone around me, I, I have to believe that the Spirit is going to show me things to come. And in doing that, he's going to guide me in making the right decision. He's going to guide me. And this doesn't happen through uh, chance. If you and I are not in tune with God, if we're not dwelling in him, if we're not, if we're not constantly on a daily basis examining ourselves against the light of the word, and we're not receptive to that spirit, we're not going to see the things to come. We're going to make bad decisions. And God is going to allow that in order to, to teach us. The world is looking for something. The world, in, the world marvels at, at isolated situations in life where people show tremendous capacity for love. And, and, and the world admires that. And I see how God, God, in those isolated instances in the world where people may not even be Christians but show great benevolence towards their man, I believe that God pours his love and he manifests his love in mankind in order for, to show man where does this love come from? Where is, where is this from? And for the same reason... The world is looking to us. He's looking to us that we would believe in God and that we would exemplify a faith that the world is looking for. The world is looking for us to, to walk in a way as if we see God, as if we see the evidence before us, and that that has an effect and consequence in our lives. If we don't walk that way, if faith is not initiating events in your life, then you have to question. The Bible says, uh, examine yourself that you be in the faith. We need to examine ourselves. This is very important. And it's very important because God wants to do so much in the lives of believers, especially in this time as the world is getting darker and at the same time, it's becoming more spiritual. The wrong kind of spirituality, but it's becoming more spiritual. And this is the time when, when we need to shine and, and show the true spirituality. May the Lord bless this word. Hymn 94.
Father in heaven, we're thankful for this time that we could be here this morning, for this place that we can gather uh, without distraction and without care, Father, and gather around your word. Uh, we're thankful for the exhortation we got this morning, too, uh, to be faithful and to demonstrate that faith in our lives, Father. We pray that you would help us not to, uh, that you would teach us to be content, but help us not to be satisfied with what this world has to offer us. Um, but like Abraham, to search for that city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. To never settle for what this world has to offer for the comforts uh, and the snares that this, that this world presents to us in such attractive ways, Father. Uh, help us to build faith in ourselves uh, and each other uh, through, the, through the, search, the diligent searching of your word and through the fellowship of the brethren. <clears throat> and let the, the faith that we find uh, be a light to those who are drifting uh, aimlessly, Father, and who need, who need your love. Oh, I'm thankful for the message this morning, and for Brother Allen for delivering it to us. Um, we pray a blessing on the remainder of this day, that the fellowship that we would have, the, the continued blessings and the continued lessons that we would learn in this day, Father. We pray a blessing on them. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Would brother please select the closing hymn? 148. Hymn 148.
Faith is an initiating event in our lives. When we look at that list of faithful Old Testament believers, we have to think that they were able to accomplish what they did because at one point in their life, a decision and a choice was in front of them. And in that split second, perhaps, when the option to not go forward, to give up and to cower in defeat, or to trust and believe and go forward made the difference, that their lives were written down for us to read for years to come, thousands of years. When you look at your life and my life, there are moments in your life where you have to make a choice as well. I know people close to me that are ill, using illness as an example, and it is not their choice. They weren't given the option to not have that disease. Or whatever hardship they may have. But they are given one thing. And they're given the choice to believe. And those who believe are triumphant. Those who choose to believe what they cannot see have an assurance that God is faithful to the end. And their lives will be recorded in history. It is, it is an initiating event at that moment in your life when you choose to believe and to walk with God. May God give us the grace when we are faced with those situations to choose, to choose to believe and to walk with him. This concludes our service. Amen.